Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. This Friday evening, we'll see the episode 2,888 of the Sophie Rhythm City, a show that has been aired by ETV for over a decade. The show dramatizes issues that ordinary South Africans must constantly deal with. What kind of impact do Sophies have in shaping attitudes and beliefs about their environment? There is no better person to tell me more than the accomplished filmmaker Harriet Gafshon. Harriet, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Nice to be here. Harriet, you've been involved with the film industry for a long time and um, you, I've mentioned earlier at the show a lot of documentaries that we see on our TVs and maybe we can start off with soapies as a genre and look at how effective are they in shaping people's opinions? I think they're very effective and not always positively. <laughs> um, I think... Um, you know, millions and millions of people watch soaps every day, and um, they, they people sometimes find it difficult to distinguish between what's happening in a soap and real life. <laughs> and um, and they, you know, they're very influential because they come into your home. They're very. They're, it's a very intimate medium because it's like having a guest every day in your home. Right. And you feel you know the people. And you do. You do because you've you've known them for 10 years. <laughs> you've seen them grow up. So it's it is a very influential medium which could be used for the common good or or not so good. When you say used for the common good or not so good, what do you mean? Well, you know, because because you are you are carrying such influence, you can you know the the fact is that the lifeblood of soap operas are things like adultery, unwanted pregnancies. People don't know who their, the father of the baby is. You know, that's uh, um, definitely uh, tr- love triangles is, is bread and butter in a soap opera. So, you know, so it's – and, of course, you you know, that, that's the kind of stuff of real life that you're dealing with. So, you know, the fact is one has to be careful not – you know, bec- because what happens in soaps often normalizes a, situ- a situation. So, you know, and it's very hard to be constantly conscious when you're making a soap. I mean, you, you can try, but, you know, if, you know, it's five days a week. Um, there, you know, scripts come out five days a week. Five episodes come out of the being shot, out of the edit suites, out of the final mix suites. You know, it's the volumes of it are huge. It's like running a factory. Well, yeah, I mean, in a way, I often wondered when I've watched any kind of ongoing program or even reading a book that has like multiple series, mm-hmm. do the people know at the beginning where it's going to end or does it actually just progress as life might? Well, drama series, obviously, you plot out before you start. Ten years. Ten years ahead. But no, but no, but not drama. I mean, soap operas, no, you, you can't. I mean, how they work, I mean, how we work, and I think it's more or less the same as how most people work, is that we kind of know that we, we obviously know the characters well. We kind of know more or less where they're going at any one time, but just a year in advance or six months in advance. So you know six months in advance that this character is going to get involved in a love triangle, unwanted pregnancy, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then you'll meet as a big writer's group, like once every quarter, and plot out the stories for the the next set of stories, which will actually only take place sometimes eight, nine months down the line. Down the line, yeah. So, and also, if you see something going wrong, or you see, if you see something not working. not working, you've you have to be 
It's very hard. You can't, it's very hard to change course. You, it's like a huge ship that you have to kind of change course and steer. But, and you'll often only see the results a year later. Right. So, I mean, it's certainly making a soap opera, and I do a lot of work, is, is, is probably the most difficult thing I do. It's a very hard medium. Before we leave soap operas, yeah. and I, we are going to, because I'd like to look at comedy as well. Yeah. Um, I know that Rhythm City and other operas deal with Real issues, and I know that there are sometimes that controversial topics are dealt with, and and probably actively so. I mean, I know, for example, HIV/AIDS is something that's very close to your heart, and bringing awareness to it, and getting people to talk about it. And I just wondered if you've seen a progress in that over the years, and how conscious you are to deal with real issues. Um, um, I'm I'm conscious. I mean, a sort of a, a sort of subspeciality of mine is dealing with health education, um, and I do that. Um, I, I have a whole a, a, a number of projects on at different times, which which uses drama to communicate health issues, and particularly. H- uh, particularly around HIV and AIDS, but not only about HIV and AIDS. So, um, I mean, the, the and and often those those kind of dramas because they're very carefully monitored, um, they're very carefully researched and very carefully monitored, um, are evaluated, and so the impact is evaluated. So actually, we do know quite a lot about how the impact that this kind of stuff has. And last year, in fact, we. We worked with an organization for Center for Communications Impact, who I work with a lot in different forms, um, on a story, a storyline in Rhythm City on, um, on rape. And, and so we were able to do it very carefully, very deliberately, and we, um, and, and, and we were able to evaluate the impact, which is great. I mean, and I suppose the fact is that we have, we have a terrible HIV and AIDS, um, situation, but we don't know how bad it would have been if there hadn't been these communication initiatives. Um, certainly when I do any, anything to do with HIV and AIDS or even anything to do with youth sexuality, right. Right. Uh, uh, or I work with other organizations. So uh, in a, in a sense, you, uh, you have to try and not do any harm. So, so you have to work hand in hand with organizations which are dealing with these issues every day. You deal, obviously, over the years with lots of different kinds of materials, um, Tobias's body, um, movies around inspiring stories of South African Olympic stars. Do you have a favorite? A favorite genre? Or yeah, a favorite genre. Well, I started off as a documentary filmmaker, and I still think that one day I would like to go back to being a documentary filmmaker. But um, no, actually, well, I, I love to do drama, and I love to do drama series. Um, and I love to tell stories, but I don't really have a favorite. It's all stories, really. It's just you tell them in different ways. And, and comedy? Comedy, I think, is is very hard, and I don't think I have a I don't think I have a talent for it. You know, there are people who have a talent for that, and oh, I'm, just not, I'm not such a funny person, <laughs> so it's really hard to evaluate if the script is funny or you, you know what I mean. And yeah, and well, also humor you know. is quite um, I don't know maybe it's time specific or and culture culture spe- specific mm, gender mm. specific. Specific, I don't know, faith specific. I don't know. Yeah. So personally, I don't. I don't, don't think like we've it. ever done. No. I mean, I like. <clears throat> I like it. I like to watch somebody else's comedy, but I'm not sure it's the best work I've ever done. Is comedy? You know, there's other work that I think I've done a lot better. And in terms of consumerism, what 
what appeals? I mean, I, again, I refer to that movie, and, I, and I'm sorry, I don't know the, the, the I can't remember the Beyond name. the River. Beyond the River, yeah. right. So that you're taking inspirational stories about South Africans who've done well. Mm. And obviously what people, you like to tell stories, mm. and ultimately what makes us human, I think, is storytelling, listening to other people's stories. Yeah. What impacts the most, do you think, on people? Do you think comedy, drama, human... Uh, I think, uh, well, I mean, if you're wanting to make a difference with what, and I, and, and I, I, a lot of the work I do starts from that impulse. I think drama is drama. the most effective. And, um, well, feature films are very effective because, you know, people watch them in a darkened space. It's quite a rarefied experience. And so you kind of absorb the whole experience. Um, television drama has, you know, is, is different in a mm. different way. It has a different kind of intimacy. Yeah. Yeah, no, because obviously when you go to a movie, it has, it can have a huge impact on you many years. I can think of films that I've seen many years ago that suddenly I'll remember, you know, because something happened and I'll think back on that. Yeah. So it's extremely powerful. Yeah. And in fact, Beyond the River was made with an organization who I've worked with for many years called Heartlines. And Heartlines is an organization which uses specifically, it's been set up to use stories to start conversations about values. So it's a value-based organization. Um, it's broadly, uh, I suppose it's broadly religious in its most broad sense, uh, but it's a, generally a values-based organization which is trying to use stories to make a difference. Do you think South Africans have told enough stories about apartheid? I, think, I, I don't think we have, but I don't know if we can. Um, I think, uh, you know, I think, I think, our, I think our youth just don't know about it. I, I honestly think that people just don't have a real sense of how how bad it was. But at the same time, I'm not entirely sure that people are receptive to being um, to to going back mm-hmm. there. Well, you know, I think people say they want to, but I think if you see the numbers of people who have seen the, the films, the important films which have dealt with apartheid, you know, there's people also just mm. want to be entertained. Mm. Well, know, where do you find that balance? It's hard. Certainly, you know, it's, uh, it's hard to, to make entertaining films about apartheid. No, absolutely. And, and uh, when people pay their money, I think they actually just want to be entertained, have a good time, you know. So it's a very hard balance, you know. Because I often feel that so many South Africans have stories, not that need to come out in the film or a theater, but just to tell their stories, just mm. so we have on record individuals that capture a time and place. Yeah, it's just very and more important. And more, I know there are oral history projects that are taking place, but I just think not enough is being done because there's too many stories being lost. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And people are dying now. And we're yeah, losing, and yeah. we're losing such important stories. And stories, you know, are, is a storytelling is a very healing thing. So I think we have time for. Oh no, we have a little bit more time. But mm. I just wondered, what are your next projects, and um, what what will you be do, working on next? What's on the horizon for? So I've got quite a few very interesting projects. I'm starting to work on international drama series, so for the for the international market. So that's very exciting. It's a huge, big step for me. So for a long time, I haven't felt anxious, okay. and actually, I'm feeling anxious, which is good. Yeah, which is very good. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. nice to 
feel yes yeah, I'm stretched and challenged yeah, yes, yes, yeah. Yes. so that, that's a big step and do you think the international market is very different from us well, I think good work is good work um, I think what's happening in the international market is that actually because there's such a huge desire for content all over the world and drama series particularly um, you know, there are these huge hungry beasts out there like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon mm. and, you know, um, that that um, there's a huge demand for drama. And there's quite a tolerance now for drama from other cultures, okay. you know, which thanks to the Scandinavians, mm-hmm. you know, who broke in international audiences with their Scandi Noir drama <laughs> series, you know, like The Killing and all those things. So, so actually, there's quite a tolerance. For it, and quite a tolerance even for subtitled dramas and cultures that are, are unfamiliar. So, and I think actually our time has come now in South Africa to make to tell this. Take stories. A, yeah, I should yeah. take that leap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm mean, I'm very excited about that. Yeah. So will you? Yes. Were you going to say? Was there something else? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> will you come in and tell us about that and how it's going? Yes, I will. And and I've got some drama uh, uh, drama series that I'm not able to tell about right now but when it is I hope I could come in and tell your audience about absolutely it. Lovely. Now, yeah. now that we've made the connection yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping to see you more often. Um, Harriet thank you so much for coming in. Thank I really you. appreciate it. That was Harriet Gashon.